All right. Good morning, everybody. Happy new week. Hope you're doing amazing. We've had a massive weekend here. It's been a hot and steamy weekend in Melbourne, but uh, and a, a great one. Next to me, I have got the gorgeous Joanne Copeland, who lives just not too far away from here. Where do you live, Jo? I'm in Eltham. You're in Eltham, yeah. So literally five minutes away. Um, jo and I got to meet um, through my publications manager, Vivian. They were friends, right? Um, and she's done her book, Vivian inspired her. We were just talking about that before before we went live so um let me share a little bit about who joanne is and what we're talking about today first of all let me share the book um here it is uh footsteps of two never give up one mom's journey um with twins on the autism spectrum so what uh that's exactly what we're talking about here um today joe so let me give them the official introduction and then we'll get stuck into your story so you were an executive assistant so guys joanne was an executive assistant and auditor then a stay-at-home mom who worked part-time when um she could as an integration aide or in administration roles so she's a mother of four with girl boy twins who were diagnosed with autism at the age of two joanne has written her book to share knowledge hope and inspiration with her readers her story is raw personal and hides no emotion with the highs and lows faced when lives are turned upside down always being there for her children was her first priority so joanne has had uh, to give so much more of herself to find ways to support twins zali and flynn to be the best they could be not forgetting she was also a mother to bryce and uh and Anaya? Anay. Anay, Anay, sorry. She's got very funky names for her, her gorgeous children. Um, and they're all five letters. Yeah, that's another was thing. That on purpose? Was that on purpose? It was on purpose, yes. Yeah. Same as mine, because mine are all four letters. <laughs> guides readers to be positive and strong, to realize anything is possible when you find the right path. All right, Joe. Well, let's talk about your life and what's been going on and what culminated to the point of you saying i want to put this in a book well thanks nat i appreciate that lovely introduction i've um as i said i'm a yeah as you said i'm a mum of four and my journey to write this book began uh well many years ago when my twins were diagnosed with autism it, it was overwhelming it was um something that took me a while to process and and then, and then we then we evolved and I and I've helped and I've I've worked with them over 18 years and I've seen two individuals grow and in that time I thought to myself I have learned so much there's so many things I've tried that haven't worked the things that have inspired me things that have not worked they're both so different I have a lot of information in here I want to share with people yeah and I had a girlfriend, Vivian, who is your publications manager, who had written a book. And it's something I'd always wanted to do, but finding the inspiration, the confidence to do it um, was something that she supported me to do. And so it was probably a good three years I've been thinking, I really, at some point in my life, want to write a book. And when that moment actually comes, um, it's sort of like, yes, I'm ready now. I've got support. People are encouraging me let's put let's put it in a book let's put it in a story uh, let's help other people who may have a journey with autism or with some other issue in life when they feel overwhelmed they think uh, there's walls in front of them 
it's difficult, but there, there is way. So my book is what it says, find your way, believe in yourself, and, and you can do it with the right support, guidance, and, and understanding. Yeah, I love that. And I always say to my authors or people who want to write a book, you know, you have lived through something and now you have tools or shortcuts that other people don't have to waste time to figure out for themselves because exactly. you for 18 years someone might be just starting out with a two-year-old themselves yes diagnosed so yes through a little bit of your journey and and how that was in the beginning and how it's evolved and what did you learn well for me I, my book I actually wrote from the point of preconception of my twins so I even went back to the at the time when I was actually trying to get pregnant with uh, a second child and I became pregnant with twins. And for me, up until the age of two, I didn't know they had autism. I thought they were, everything was as, as it should be, as, as my firstborn son was, everything was going along. And then suddenly I just noticed a few things that weren't quite as I'd seen with my other son. And I became a little concerned, thought maybe it's just me. And I had a grandmother who also had twins. And she said to me, Joanne, it's okay. My son or daughter didn't talk, my, you know, my twin boys didn't talk till they're age four. And I said, no, no, I think something's not right here. My daughter's not looking at me like she used to. She's looking through me. She's not suddenly not answering to her name. It's like she's in her own world. And then I noticed a few repetitive things my son was doing. So at that point, I thought I need to investigate this further. I went to um, my pediatrician, had a bit of a chat. He brought up the word autism. And back then, oh, well, 17 years ago now, it wasn't a word that I was overly familiar with. I, I, I hardly heard of it. I didn't actually know what it was. And it became a complete shock. And I started, you know, back then, Googling was not done on your iPhone or your laptop. Late at night, I had an old computer downstairs in my study and I looked it up and I started to become, honestly, I became scared. I was worried. I thought, wow, there's things being brought up here that I've never heard of. Yes. But I moved on from that. I had to um, get further diagnosis to have it all confirmed. That all took about four years. Wow. But in that time of four years waiting for a diagnosis official, I thought I can't just stop and wait for the, to be told what I can see is actually going on. I need to act now. I need to be proactive. I need to um, find how I can best support them. So I was given information and I just I just took it all on board and thought, if I can't be strong, I can't work through this, then, then what hope are they going to have? So I first, my big deal was acceptance. I had to accept that there was something that wasn't as it should normally be in a typically developing child. Something here was different for both of them and they were both very unique in what their um, issues were at that time. And then mm -hmm. I had to also move through um, acceptance. If you can't accept that something's happening to you, you can't move forward. You can't say, all right, I've got to, I've got to work with this. I've got to understand where um, I can best help them. And then with part of acceptance, I had to then show um, understanding and consideration to them that they um, needed me to be fully on board with it all. So it was it was hard. So then we went through the, the process of um, early intervention, taking them to specialists, diet changes, the, a, a lot of a lot of overwhelming things. 
And then the support of um, preschools and integration aids, right through primary, secondary school, and then now they're 18. Um, I've had to access a lot of things differently, but always believing in them that they could do what everyone else can do and are finding a way to make that happen, which was the hardest thing. And for many people who, there's many parents who takes them a while to understand autism. So I hope with my book, it just gives you that heads up to say, look, what you're seeing is perfectly normal. Try this, try that, and you may have some success as I did. Every autistic child is unique though. Yeah, they're quite different. And um, are they different from one another? Yes, they're very different in the sense, um, my son was able to attend a mainstream school for his whole life, though he had an aid through primary. And then into secondary school, he had an aid for his um, academic subjects. He is a lot more uh, social, has a bit of anxiety as well, um, but is a lot more verbal than my daughter. Mm. He, um, amazingly, a program we did when he was very young, I had him toilet trained in two weeks. Now with the support of the right people and a, a picture exchange communication system that we developed um, and I helped him with, though his verbal words weren't strong when he was younger, we communicated with pictures. Yeah. Same with my daughter. Um, she has achieved everything that her brother has achieved. It's just been a bit harder for her. Her verbal skills and social skills aren't as strong. She attended a mainstream primary school until grade four. And then um, she went off to what you call a, a special school. So there's three levels of schooling in Australia. You've got a mainstream school, a special school, and then a special development school. So she attended a special school. It's for many children who just can't quite work in a large classroom. There'll be 12 children in the class, a teacher and an aide. She went right through to year 12. Um, both of them are now driving. So my son achieved his license when he was 18 and a half. I've written about that in my book. We did a different um, teaching approach to teach him how to get his learners. Um, and my daughter is now has now done 130 hours of driving and she's well on her way to achieving her license this year. So for me, um, I'm giving hope in this book to many people that what you think is unreachable is actually not unreachable. It, it is achievable. There are ways. You just need to find your way and tune into what actually works for your child. If they're a visual learner, um, teach them that way, okay? Um, not everything in the world has to be academic. My daughter, for example, ap academics are not her thing, but she's a gifted artist. So her creative mind is brilliant. So I've understood that and worked with that with her. Everyone has their talent. It's just finding their talent. Everyone has a different genius zone. And um, yeah, and what I can hear from what you're saying is don't ever give up, like try this and try that. And, you know, kind of you'll find your way. And I, I, I sense a huge, you know, um, trait of determination within you to have. Yes, trait, determination, you're right. And, and commitment, you must be committed. Look, plenty of times, like all of us, I, I fell off the rails. It's, it's, yeah. it's okay to have your moments and go, wow, why have I been given uh, something in life that, is, that are, at, at times feels so challenging? But when you have a child with special needs, the rewards are so much greater yeah. when they achieve something. I mean, how many times I have cried because of happiness and achievement, I've lost track of. And 
and that's what's beautiful and my son and daughter are, are, are the kindest most placid um they many um children adults with autism have um a natural empathy that is they're they're never, not mean to people they don't know how to be mean they don't have this they don't bully they're kind they're inbuilt kindness and it's finding that strength that they have and that helps you to work with them and if you have determination and commitment then they will have commitment and determination to follow through with what you want them to do yeah like that famous saying be the change you want to see in the world you need to have those traits and then you can see them yes yes a few comments are coming through that what you're sharing is very interesting and um um and thank you and Vivi is just watching you as well saying very happy to have been on your journey and and all that sort of stuff so very you're inspiring others which is you know exactly what you said I think sometimes when something is really hard to achieve I think in our everyday lives when we do get it the reward is that much more and what's up from what you're saying the milestones your kids would have hit you know it's been harder to get there I mean, even tie, learning to tie a shoelace. Now, that if for, for many children is a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I specifically had um, one of our carers. We have we had a lot of carers come into our life supported by the NDIS yeah. council many years ago before the NDIS was in existence. Yeah. And I specifically set um, a project for one of my carers. Can you please teach my daughter or assist me to help her tie her shoelaces and tie her hair into a ponytail? Now, for many children, they can tie a hair in a ponytail at four or five. My daughter didn't achieve that till she was nine, but she achieved it. That that double handling, the brush, pulling it up, it was, it was amazing. Myself and my, my carer cried the day she did her own ponytail. The day she learned to tie her shoelaces was so special because it's like, wow, okay, we may be four years behind, but you know what a typically developing child would do it, but we've done it. And that's the same with every milestone that we've reached. So yes, I've had to give a lot of myself, but there's support out there and there's so many people willing to help you. And so many people will love your child as much as you do because they appreciate um, those milestones being reached. And, and, and everyone loves it when someone achieves. They just love it. Yeah. I know I've got the achiever pattern within me. So whenever I'm achieving, I see, you know, we're moving forward and, you know, it, that's what brings happiness. I think um, I read it in a book somewhere, but they say happiness comes from solving problems. Yes. Right? And the more problems we can solve, the happier we feel. And that's that sense of achievement, which is comes greater when the challenge is bigger. Yes. Know? Yes, so it does. See how you have reframed this for yourself wonderfully, because some people could completely go on a different tangent. I think in life, you either choose the, I'm going to live above the line and I'm going to be proactive and determined and persistent and accept and all that. And other people can see it as a problem. Why me? All that kind of stuff. So what would be the message? What would be the message to those people who are feeling like, you know? They're feeling overwhelmed. They're feeling like, why me? Why has why it happened? Why? I would take it as, I mean, it sounds a bit cliche. It's happened for a reason. You you don't think you can change or support or help, but you can. There, um, I there was many times where in my early days I thought before I knew a lot about autism 
I could, I, I could, my word was, I, I could fix this. I, I, I could change this. I could I cure this. I mean, cure, I mean, and that's just silly. My son and daughter, their brains are just wired differently. That's all it is. Yeah. They are, my son is the most um, beautiful child. He will hug me even at age 19, four or five times a day. Not everyone is like that, but he is. And it's lovely to see he has such a caring nature. So I would say to people, the message I take in any situation, you can't, you can't change it completely. You have to work with what you've, what you've got, what you've been given and see the positive sides of it. See the, um, the beauty within the person and their, their uniqueness. Don't, I know it's easy to want to give up and there's many times I've laid in bed at night and I've had a bit of a cry and gone, wow, I'm, I'm worn out today. Are we ever going to achieve our goal? And then I think, hang on, if I fall off the wagon, what's going to happen to my twins? Who, who is going to be there to pick me up? You know, you'll have family, you'll have support, but predominantly there's a main person and that's always been myself to support them. And it's okay to have down days, but, you know, you can make such a difference to their lives if you try and stay as positive and, and, and get people in to help you and get support. And in my book, you will see we've had such unique, special moments. Sometimes when my children say something um, and they word it differently, everything's very black and white in our world. You can't um, twist your words. Sometimes you'll say a joke, they won't get it. But yeah. you learn, you learn to, to say things in the right way. And when they say something that's so unique, it's just... It brings you to tears. I mean, I've, 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 a special little thing um, that happened with my son um, many years ago, we were driving in the city and um, there was a tram in the city of Melbourne. And on the tram, it said um, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia is advertising the city of Melbourne. And I was explaining to him what that meant. He goes, well, what's on the tram? I said, well, you know, we live in Victoria. Melbourne's a capital city and Victoria is a state of Australia. Um, so he, he was about nine at the time and he took it, took it on board and then he looked at me and I thought, I'm really going to have to explain this properly when I get home. And he said, well, Mum, what's, um, if Melbourne's a capital city, what's the lowercase city? <laughs> Do you get it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he, I'm explaining city and places, and he's thinking capital letters and lowercase letters. So if Melbourne's a capital city, what's the lowercase city? And it was just a priceless moment. And I sat there, looked at my nine year and goes, wow, look how your mind works. Yes. So beautiful yes. little moments like that. And there's been many over the years. Yes. You just appreciate, okay, everything's in there. It's just wired a bit differently. You just have to explain it a different way. Yeah, I love that. I think you get those moments with kids. You do, you do. It's such a literal understanding of um, of yeah. what things are or what they mean. That's really cool. I love that. So what's the future hold? Like, tell me a little bit about what's their life going to be like moving forward and what are the goals? Okay, so we've we've gone through we've gone through schooling. My son's com um, completed year twelve. My daughter's completed year twelve, both in their different ways. So my boy was at a mainstream high school, yeah. and he did year twelve, but he didn't do exams. He mm -hmm. he couldn't do the exams. There's no no three thousand word essays being written here. No <laughs> trigonometry. He very hands on. He did the English and maths. He got a year twelve pass, and that was such an achievement to work through with your peers. So he has left left school. He has his license which I've written about in my book, how we achieved that. 
Um, he has now got a part-time job and he's heading off to TAFE to do, um, he loves working with his hands. He's doing furniture making at TAFE. Mm-hmm. He has a part-time job at a local cafe and he has his license and, and he does his best to hang out with his friends on the weekends like any 18-year-old would. 19 now they just turned 19 about a week ago my daughter has um finished year 12 she's a a local artist so she actually designed our local mps uh, christmas cards this year Uh he wore our local mp so my daughter has been exhibiting her art now since she was 12 years of age so that is something i've really focused on with her and I'm now getting a lot more support from um, NDIS and different people to help me nurture that within her. So she's ex- exhibited at Montsalvat here, which is in Eltham, and many cafes. Um, her work appeared in a book in America, her artwork. Um, she's sent her artwork off to India to an autism conference. So it's, it's, it's been everywhere. So she's completed year 12. Um, she's aiming to get her driver's license this year. And she's off to a TAFE course uh, called Ignition Theatre, which she'll be studying um, set design, costume making, um, because her artistic side extends into dress design, makeup, anything visual artistic. So she's doing that. And it will help with her speech and communication. There's drama and acting in that course as well. So, And she's working towards getting a part-time job this year also. Wow, I love that. I love how you've always, you know, you know, um, played a big part in helping them achieve these goals, and you know, and the, you know exactly what the future holds. And if, when you know what that vision for the future is, you mm. can slowly chip away and and get to it. I think with any eighteen or nineteen year old, they don't. No one really knows exactly what they want to do in life. I certainly didn't. So yeah. we're at the stage of we're trialing things. Trialing. If it doesn't work, that's why I say to the kids, if it doesn't work, if you go to your TAFE course and you don't like it, that's okay. We will find other avenues. If you start your part-time job and it's not not the type of job you want, we can look for another one. And um, I've found the NGIS has been a great support to us since that's been introduced in Australia. Um, My son is working his part-time job and he needs, he wants to do more front of house work. So I've actually brought someone in who we, who works at the cafe, who will now be supporting him to do more front of house work. Um, So it's, and then I think the next thing we'll be stepping into, which will be interesting, which might be my second book is relationships. Relationships. And I mean, my son and daughter are like anybody else. They want relationships in their life. They want to see themselves with people in the future. But how we tackle that is is a little is a little bit different. Yeah, totally. Mm, definitely interested in what that would be. You know, what that's from that perspective. You know, and I love um, our publications assistant Julie also has been raising a child with Down syndrome, and I know you guys. Uh, you kind of remind me of how resourceful you both have been mm-hmm. um, to find the support yes. to utilize the NDIS to have the carers who are going to come in and. Um, you know, pitch in and do all the, you know, uh, do activities and, and help with the achievement of the goals. So mm-hmm. congratulations. So let's talk about you. Um, you went through just as a publishing only author in the yes. program, yes. Um, you know, and you had Vivi who was there to inspire you and to guide you and all that sort of stuff. How did you find the process? You know, um, I often like to ask, you know, because often the best way a first time author goes through the program is that when they do the full retreat and, 
you know, they're there with the community and all that. How did you do the writing? You know, um, did you set aside a certain amount of time every week or talk to me a little bit about your at home process because we don't get to see a work with you guys until the book's ready when mm. you're publishing only right yes i understand completely what what i found most interesting was um in writing a book there's so much more to it than just putting your words on paper which is why i'm so thankful i've had yourselves to work with yeah. um ultimate 24-hour author has been a fantastic support to me i um actually had a part-time job and I, it finished in lockdown of 2020. Yeah. Um, I decided I, I wasn't happy there anymore. The work circumstances had changed being in lockdown. And I thought, look, now I'm going to write my book. So I allocated, um, I tried to allocate time every day, but it ended up being maybe three or four times a week where I'd sit down, I'd zone in and I'd write for a couple of hours. And that, and that's, that's what I, that's why I could give it. And I'd, do my best to have everyone else in the household at that time um, utilised. I didn't tend to do a lot of late night writing. It was always more during the day when I was awake. And you've really got to be in a zone when you're writing, I find. You yeah. really have to um, block everything else out. So the discipline for me was um, making sure I did it three or four times a week and then not being scared to... Um, there's a few times where I felt lost for words and that's when I would contact yourselves I'd contact Viv Julie yeah. and I'd say look I'm having a bit of a, a block here um chat to me about um how you know how I find a bit more inspiration how does this sound so I wrote the book basically over a 12-month period cool and I was happy with that. Initially, I thought, oh, I can do this in six months. That's not the case. So I wrote it over a 12-month period. And then there was probably a three-month process of editing, yes. going to publishing, designing your front cover. And, and I could not have done any of that without the yeah. support. of. Yeah. Um, it really is key when you, I mean, even me, in the first seven or eight books, I hired someone with publishing package to help me go through all the stages once the words were down on paper yes I think that's really key if you want a professional looking product otherwise you could attempt something you know and oh, ends up looking like it's been done in a bedroom no that's right and and you don't appreciate how involved it actually is yeah. and how much support you need um I could see why many people would sit on a book for five or six years if they didn't have the support of yeah. um yeah everyone um, who works with yourself, Nat, because um, what I found even more wonderful was when I had moments of, oh, I'm going to ask a dumb question here because I just don't understand something. Yeah. No matter how many dumb questions I asked, no one ever said anything. They said, look, we've all asked those dumb questions before. Yes, you've asked that question before, but I understand why you want to, you know, reword it a different way so you understand it. And still even now, I contact and say, what do you think about this? It was through your support that I was able to have my um, webpage designed. Yeah. Um, you put me on to Nick and he's wonderful. So yeah. I've, I, I'm ever so grateful and it gives me inspiration to think, okay, when I'm ready to write that next book, yeah. I'll have the confidence and the support to do it. Yeah, you know exactly how to. It's so much easier the second time. I can guarantee you that. Oh, good. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, because you know what to expect and it's great. Um, what I'm hearing is that consistency once again, 
um, you know, in two or three times or three or four times, if you know. And it's not about perfection. I'm glad that you said, I thought I was going to do it every day, but I didn't. No, that's right. And it's, that's not, not about that. I actually, even my first book was twice a week, um, two hours a week. So four hours all up, but consistently. Yes. And I had it done in the three months that I wanted, like it was kind of like seven pages a week or whatever. I just did all the maths around how long it would take me. Uh, but it's great to hear that, you know, you kind of stuck it out and you sat down, zoned out and um, and just put made sure everyone's going to had something to do so they didn't distract you. Well, this is it. Yeah. And come school holidays, well, there was weeks, a couple of weeks there where I wouldn't write because everyone's home. And yeah. um, it, it, it was difficult, but I thought, you know what, that's fine. Having a little break there, you're not going to fall off the wagon. It'll be fine. And then everyone goes back to school. Excuse me. Everyone <laughs> goes back to school and um, it's, yeah, it's it was. It. Yes. So let me show everyone your book once more. Here we go, guys. Footsteps of Two. And as Joanne was mentioning just before, her uh, website is Joanne Copeland, like her name that you can see here, uh, spelled at the top, .com. And you can literally just uh, click on the button and um, and uh, get a copy so that you can use the the full, uh, oh, we've got Zaley's art. There's so. some of Zaley's art there too, yes. And her, her website's actually coming out soon with her art, which will be very exciting, something I've really wanted to do for her for a long time. Oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, there she is um beautiful and well there's the website guys so joannecopeland.com um for those of you that might be listening to this as a podcast and footsteps of two is the book you'll be able to also find the book uh if you searched it on amazon it's on there as well but uh, i'm sure if you ordered it directly from joanne she'll even sign it for you um and send it across so it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you more and um you know finding a little bit more behind the scenes of a life of a mum who's raised two amazing um, children with autism and um, and that are thriving. You know, it just sounds absolutely wonderful what you have done with them. And and as I can see, it's truly rewarding. And you've seen all the, and found all the blessings within. Um, I, I have, I have, Nat. And that's what I really want people to understand with my book. In my book, I've been honest. I've been honest when there's really been hard moments and, and everyone's entitled to, to really feel like... Uh, you're struggling at times but my book is positive and it says you will find a way if you believe you can do it and and I, I encourage people to read it and it's not just autism it's it's anything in life you've been dealt with um yeah. many mums have children who might have cerebral palsy or, or so many different things yeah. so I I, yeah. I really feel strongly that you have to have faith in yourself and they yeah. will follow I love that well, on that note, I wish you all the best and I'm sure we'll see each other sooner rather than later, seeing you just around the corner. Um, and I wish you every success in, you know, getting this story out there to others who will benefit. Thank you, Nat. I really appreciate your time today. Bye. Bye, guys, and smash it out for the week. <laughs> Bye.